to the Water and Stone Church Podcast. You're listening to episode number 62, and I'm Jenny Randolph. And I'm Dieter Randolph, and this is the sound of my voice. So this week, what's been going on? I know that we have been in full recovery from Easter. (laughs) It sounds like a support group. I think a lot of people don't know what a big deal Easter is in terms of the amount of work that goes in. Because in some ways, it's it's another Sunday service. It's the same length of time, and obviously, you know the subject matter. You know what you want to talk about. But it is so important. It is the culmination of, of the whole Christian message. It is the culmination of everything we do. Of course, we see more people than we see in other Sundays. And so, in all kinds of ways, we want to go the extra mile and make it even more special. I got to tell you, I think of there's a Bill Murray quote. He says, I work the same kind of hard on everything that I do. And, you know, we work really hard on every single Sunday. But I think psychologically, the, the import of Easter is a lot bigger. And so it takes a little while to recover from it. Well, you see some people only twice a year, mm-hmm. you know, poinsettias and, and then the lilies. lilies yeah. And so I think it's an opportunity to for us to reach out to them, mm-hmm. to check and see how they're doing. You do have to deal with more people than you're used to on a regular Sunday basis. Yes. And, you know, we did spiritual communion this time around, which I absolutely loved. And that was a little bit extra of stuff to make sure that, everything was set and it, and that it felt sacred. Yeah. And I, I, I think that when you put that kind of focus on anything, it, ta- it, it, it takes it out of you. It really does. Yeah. I kind of leave it all on the field anyway on Sundays. I think you do too, but there's something, there's something about it. And I am so grateful for such an amazing church family. Some really cool things happened for so many people, and and I'm one of them. It was it was really a special time. But I'm in recuperation mode, so we've been watching a little bit more TV than we might otherwise, and just sort of taking a minute. We've we've been seeing a lot of movies too. I mean, we see a lot of movies on a, usually, but this week has kind of just been you know. And one of the movies that stuck out for me this week was Ready Player One. Yeah. I adored that movie. Yeah, Ready Player One was really amazing. And even if you're not a huge movie person, I highly recommend it. I think that it's one of those movies. It's worth uh, springing for the 3D glasses and the IMAX or whatever because visually it's incredible. But it's such a wonderful touchstone to pop cultural things that that we know about and think about. And I kind of want to buy the the Blu-ray when it comes out just to freeze frame and catch all of the Oh, I know references. we missed all a lot. Sure. I know that we did. Sure. And and we we caught quite a few, but it it was just a nice story and it it was a movie that the whole family could be at, mm-hmm. you know, although our kids are older, you know. Yeah. You still there are still some movies that you don't ever want to see with your kids no matter what age they are. Yeah, of course, of course. But you know, and it was fun and it wasn't it was sweet and a little bit thought-provoking, mm-hmm. but it wasn't a hard movie to watch. No, but it I wasn't... think the, the message was the world is what you make it, so make it good. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, stop wasting your time and do something important. I think there's something in there. And the element of play and the importance of friends, the idea that nobody does anything alone. There's some huge moments in that movie that just you don't have to dwell on. It doesn't have to kill you to, to watch an amazing blockbuster summertime kind of you know it's a popcorn type of movie you know what I mean yeah and it was that felt like the beginning of the summertime mm-hmm. blockbuster series didn't sure. it didn't it oh, feel yeah. like it's For like sure. okay now it's, it's like gonna, okay here we go you know and I'm really looking forward to um the Avengers at the end of the month and I, there's a couple of movies that I'm really looking forward absolutely. to seeing yeah absolutely sure. but I have to say that on the other end of the spectrum um We've also uh, just finished watching the Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling. And it's oh, on, that was so good. It's on HBO and you can get it on your Apple TV. That's how we watched it and that kind of thing. And it ends up being about four hours, a little mm-hmm. bit yeah, more. Yeah, they separated into part one and part two, mm-hmm. which I was really grateful for. But Judd Apatow was the one that put that together. And right. I guess he was really close friends well, with Gary, Gary Shandling. Well, Gary kind of gave him his first break and... What you find out is you know about Gary Shandling a little bit because he was on TV forever. He's kind of been around for a long time. But 
he's kind of a comics comic and he inspired so many people and he was there for so many people and just amazing uh, creativity and the sweetness of character that that it was kind of fun to watch in the middle of the typical neuroses of a stand-up comic and and all of that kind of stuff so it was really pretty and inspirational but it turns out he got his big break because he was he was just a kid and he drove for a few hours to go see George Carlin, the famous comedian, and he gave him some jokes. He said, I wrote these jokes. He was just a kid. And George Carlin said, I'll look at him, come back tomorrow. And so he drove a couple of hours home. The next day drove back and George Carlin had made notes on all of it. And he said, look, you're really green, but you've got the gift. Just don't quit. You know, that kind of a thing. And so he spent his whole life trying to give that back. And so there was such beauty in the idea of giving back and such beauty in the idea of trying to make something into art, even if it seems like a meaningless thing. And also the idea that you never know how you might inspire somebody. So I thought it was absolutely beautiful. Well, and I really like the idea of find your gift no matter what it is. If it's telling jokes, if it's gardening, if it, you know, it doesn't matter what it is or if people think it's silly or... People think it's un, unimportant. Your gift is something that the world needs, for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, is, the world is not necessarily a great place when everybody's doing the same thing. The world is a better place when everybody is following their heart, no matter what their heart tells them to do. I would rather live in a place with huge diversity, even tension, but passion. You know, let us follow our hearts and find the art in whatever we're doing. I think there's something gorgeous about that. Well, as we get to the dig in, I wanted to to bring up, this is a quote, I actually shared it on Facebook the other day. It's a quote from Buckminster Fuller, who's one of my many heroes, kind of a, kind of an oddball guy, but just the last true Renaissance person, I'd argue, just incredible thinker and writer and scientist and philosopher and just all kinds of stuff. Spend some time looking up what Buckminster Fuller did and you'll be blown away. But anyway, here's the quote. He says, something hit me very hard once thinking about what one little man could do. Think of the Queen Mary, that giant ship. The whole ship goes by and then comes the rudder. And there's a tiny thing at the edge of the rudder. It's called a trim tab. It's like a miniature rudder. Just moving that little trim tab builds a low pressure that pulls the big rudder around. Takes almost no effort at all. So I said that the little individual can be a trim tab. Society thinks it's going right by you, that it's left you altogether. But if you're doing dynamic things mentally, the fact is that you can just put your foot out like that and the whole big ship of state is going to go. So I said, call me trim tab. Now, if you know Buckminster Fuller, that's what it says on his gravestone. Call me Trim Tap. I love that. Which is really cool. The idea that just do something and it builds that little pressure front that pulls the rudder and the rudder moves the ship. There's something just incredibly wonderful about that. We talk about the idea that, you know, we want world peace and we want to, to we want freedom all over the place and we want people to get over it, whatever it happens to be and all of that. And all of that feels very big. And sometimes it feels so big that it's hard to even know where to start. You know, you tell somebody they're a child of God and that therefore they're in, they inherit all the life and love and beauty and truth and power and all of that. And you say, you know, it's, you're worried about your money, but God can do it. You know, what, what, there's no limitation. The universe is a place of infinity and people go great infinity. Awesome. I owe $20,000 on my college fund, you know, or whatever it is. I can't get my head around any of that. What are you talking about? I agree. I think sometimes it can feel crushing. Mm-hmm. I know that I, I just, I turn off the news, I go into a dark room, <laughs> I cocoon myself up because you can't handle it all of the time. You, you have to, you know, parse it out. You have to chunk it out for yourself and decide, well, this is what I'm going to do today. And I think it is a series of small movements and I think it is... Um, part of life to figure out, okay, how do I participate in the flow? And that kind of brings us to what we want to talk about today, about setting your intention 
is really wonderful. I love people that set goals and set intention and, and things of that nature. But what I wanted to talk about is taking that into action and, and what that looks like. Because I think it's really nice to sit and plan about things. Yeah, I really I'm a list do. maker. I'm a planner. Sure. I know. I think all four of us in this house are in one way or another. In one way or another. I think absolutely we have, you know, that old saying, well, you know, he had good intentions. <laughs> And, but that's but that's kind of a negative. It, it's kind of a negative saying if you really think about it. It's just like, well, he really screwed this up. But you know, he had he had good intentions. It's a little bit like, oh, she's got a great personality, right? You know, well, exactly. The road to hell. We don't not that we believe in it, but the road to hell is paved with good intentions. That's Ex- the quote. Exactly, you know? exactly. And so, I want to talk about not stopping there and moving into action no matter how small the action is and that's what that's why I love that quote because it narrows it down for you because I do think in the political climate I feel like it's necessary for me to speak out more I feel like it's necessary for me to do more and that feels at times very overwhelming you know, we have so much going on. We have a brand new church. We have brand new other businesses that are going on. Really, really neat ideas. And I don't know that just setting the intention to make those things awesome is really enough. Well, I would take action over intention any day of the week. Yes. Because the, the thing is, people come to me and they say things like, I want to figure out how to live my dream. I want to figure out how to quit my day job and write the great American novel or the equivalent. I want to be free. You know, you say freedom is a choice at the end of all your talks. How do I get there? I've got all these big ideas or I want a big idea and I don't know what it is. And I have to say, there's something beautiful about getting the idea and that process is beautiful, but it means almost nothing until you do something about it. So my secret to mastery over life, the universe and everything is this. Do a thing. That's it. Do a thing. It doesn't even matter what the thing is. You, if if you get quiet enough, you will get inspired to do a thing. And it can be as simple as I'm going to clean this cabinet or I'm going to get my resume together. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to really communicate with my significant other that there's this thing that bothers me. And I'm not going to try to steer them towards a solution. I'm just going to state this is where I'm at right now. I want a solution, but I'm not going to tell you what to do. Let's figure it out together. Just do a thing. Just trim tab your way through that. You don't have to know where the boat's going to go. This is really important because it takes us out of this place of trying to master every moment of life. You can't. That's God's job. And I think so often we think about the idea that, well, if what I think about affects what happens in my life, if, if thoughts are things and, you know, thoughts held in mind reproduce after their kind, if we talk about law of attraction stuff or wherever, whatever book you read, I think people feel like, well, then I've got to get all of the chess pieces together in my head. I need to know where they're all going to go on the board. I got to have a five-year plan. I got to... Do you think that that's how it works when you you know that you can't possibly know everything? How many things surprised you today? You know, it won't, maybe not a big thing, but did you really know what lights were going to turn green or red on the way? Did you know who was going to make your coffee at the coffee place this morning? Did you know what was going to be on the radio or on TV? Did you know how the weather was going to be? We place so much emphasis on predicting the future when big hunks of it aren't even possible anyway. I think it's a tremendous waste of energy. Well, going back to the, the quote about, um, you know, the road paved to hell is, you know, is paved with good intentions. What do you, why do you think that that is even a saying? <laughs> because I think that sometimes people get so in love with the good intention that they will chase it over a cliff. What I mean by that is you go, okay, well, I care about this person and I think they would be really happy 
if they got this job and if they married this person, I think parents and kids do this, mm, but I think okay. you can see it with a lot of people. It's, it's, it is transferable to a lot of different situations. Well, yeah, or, or just a friend, well, what you need to do, you know, get the hairs on the back of my neck standing up is somebody coming at me telling me, well, you know what you need to do. Yeah. Don't tell whoa, me what whoa, I need whoa. to do. Back, back it up. Back it up. Oh, yeah. And, and people <laughs> people have a plan for this is how my dream business is going to go. And then in year one, we're going to sign a deal with so-and-so. And then by year five, we're going to have an office downtown. And this is going to be the building. And all of that is beautiful. But what can happen is the universe can give you a lot of signs that you're not supposed to go that way. Or if you're planning out your kid's future, you could find out that the kid doesn't have an aptitude for accounting. They want to bake quiches in restaurants. And you can just beat them over the head with your desire for them to be happy. And they don't want that. And they don't understand why you don't see it. And you don't understand why they don't want to be happy the way you want them to be happy. And you can take those good intentions and just run them right into the ground. So do you think that we do that to ourselves? absolutely yeah I think so too and that's one of the reasons I asked you that question is because I'm like it's it's not it becomes not so much about other people or the intentions that you have for others or those others that have the intentions for Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. this is like a, a maze and a puzzle that we're creating here but I think internally you can have the the good intention of, well, I was going to go work out. So, you know, I mean, I had the idea. So, you know what? An extra cookie is not so bad. And, and at least I, I bought the outfit. So, you know, I'll be ready the next time. Well, it, <laughs> yeah. Like, the thing is, I think that, that it's so easy to place emphasis on what you meant. When we say uh, it's the thought that counts, that's not completely true. Right. And it's so funny. In men's group last week, uh, one of the guys said, you know, I saw that there's an ad for a no commitment gym membership. Well, and, and that's exactly <laughs> that's so because silly. He's, that's but, so and he funny. said, but you have to make a commitment in order to get healthy. And I said, I actually love the fact that basically what the ad is saying is, look, we know you're not coming in here. Just give us ten dollars a month, and you'll feel better about it. Right. And we get your ten dollars, uh-huh. and we don't have to and make. We, we don't have to maintain the machine. You. We I'm don't thinking have to about pretend. starting a gym that nobody. There's no <laughs> address for. To. You just send me money over the internet, and I send you a gym <laughs> membership card. There's probably a business model there. I'm sure. But, I'm but sure I mean, there think is. about how many people own a Nordic track or a treadmill, and all it has is dirty clothes hanging on. Right. You know, it's well. I bought the thing. I signed up for it. I meant to. It doesn't matter what you meant to do. What did you do? And that is a very childlike thing. Well, I that a lot of adults do. That that, I was going to say, you know, it has nothing to do with your biological age. It it has to do with how grown up are you spiritually, Mm -hmm. right, or intellectually, or morally, or ethically, or all of that. You know, all of the E's. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's it's such a it's such a kid response. Well, I meant to do it, I just forgot. Right. Well, so <laughs> let me give you the adult version of the I meant to clean my room uh-huh. or I meant to let the dog out. But I got distracted. Yeah. There are two adult versions of that st- sentence that I hear a lot and I would be very happy to never hear them again. And one of them is hold the space. Oh yeah. Which is an excuse for I'm not doing anything. I'm holding, holding the space. space. Well, you know what? God has got this. Mm-hmm. The space is okay all by itself. You don't have the power to put a force field around something they're fantastic for. Your job is to make to be a force for love and good in the world. Don't hold the space, okay? And the other one is set the intention. And you talked about that a minute ago. Don't set the intention. Do a thing. That should be a slogan. Hashtag do a thing. It should be on a t-shirt. Just do a thing. Not everything. Jesus said to the disciples and, the, and who were to become the apostles that were being sent out, don't think about what you're going to say or what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear. Just show up and say a thing. Open your mouth and God will provide the words. Similarly, you don't have to know how it's all going to go, but think about the thoughts you have that hold you still and the thoughts you have that provoke action. And you will know which ones are divine and which ones are ego-centered. That is an excellent litmus test because one of the things that that I think you might want to talk about too, and I know I want to talk about, is complaining. Yeah. 
I do. Because as I'm sitting here, it's kind of like, well, okay, so the next version of that that scenario of, well, I meant to, but I, I forgot. I meant to go to the gym, but, you know, I didn't get around to it. Because there inherently is guilt in any of that stuff, because you know better. You know better that you, you, you set the intention and that you are not fulfilling that agreement with yourself. And so I need to now rationalize why I didn't do a thing, right? right? I, need to, I need to let the world know that, that there are obstacles, huge obstacles in my way as to why I couldn't do that. And again, I'm picturing a child and, and you know, well, why didn't you clean a room? Well, I meant to, but I got distracted. And then the dog came up and, and then, you know, and then this happened. And then somebody was talking at me. And then I, then you asked me to come down and clean something else. And yeah. so then I really didn't. And that is where the complaining comes in. And I think that what goes on is, again, because we have to rationalize our, and I won't call it bad behavior, but our, our, our behavior that we know better than, mm-hmm. you know, you knew you were supposed to go to the gym. You knew you were supposed to do that. You knew that you were supposed to write that letter, pay that bill. You knew you were supposed to call that person and you did not. And you keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And then you have to justify it. You got to rationalize it. So that's when the complaining comes in, right? Well, yeah. And also, and I talked about this actually on a Sunday uh, lesson a couple weeks ago. Scientists have shown that complaining about something fires the same neurons or whatever in your brain as doing something about it. And so it's almost like taking a drug or having a virtual reality experience or whatever. When I complain about something, there's a part of my brain that thinks I handled it. Well, sure, because you're going through the same thought process. Mm -hmm. Because your brain doesn't know. Right. It's real or imagined. You just, when you complain, you're imagining this bad guy. Right. Oh, well, they're so mean to me at work and I don't like this and that and the other. And that restaurant is always slow and blah, blah, blah. You know people, I know people, everybody knows people who cannot enjoy anything. Mm-hmm. Bless their hearts. They, it, it makes you feel better. If I'm complaining about something, then I feel a little bit superior to it, right? And if I'm complaining about something, it's almost as though I don't have to do anything about it, except, well, it doesn't change. And so sooner or later, your brain goes, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. And then you've either got to up your complaint game or move on to something else to complain about. Neither one of those things is especially productive. I'm not talking about criticism. It's okay to say this hurts. This isn't okay. This is dysfunctional. If the intention is action. And that goes back to what I said a minute ago. Look at your thoughts and words. Do they lead to action or do they lead to stagnation? If you ask that question, you will then know what you need to be doing next. Yeah. And complaining stops your movement and your growth. It stops it stops you in your tracks. Again, and we use it all the time to justify why we couldn't get something done. And and sometimes there are and I'll 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 play my own devil's advocate. <laughs> I, I do that a lot. But sometimes there are legitimate reasons that you cannot go forward. Sure. But do you need more of them? Right, exactly. And and you come back and sometimes, at least in my life, if if there has been a block of something that has come along, I had I'm I'm in the process of doing something. I really want to make this happen and somebody comes along, "Oh, well, we can't do that today because X, Y, and Z." And so it's like, "All right, so let's revamp the plans to be able to do that and refocus and figure out a time when we can." If you That would be the correct way to do it. But if you're not doing it right, then you start screaming at the other person, well, you did this and blah, 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 and now I can't do this. And and now the whole thing is ruined and you've ruined my life and (laughs) and you've ruined my business and there's, there's all this kind of stuff. And I think that fear has a lot to do with it. Fear of maybe you're not good enough that you're afraid that you're looking for the signs to to tell you that you're not enough to tell you the signs that you can't that you can't do this because you're afraid of 
success in, on one level or another. And I think that, that really, if you really get down to the root of any problem that you're having, any kind of anger, any kind of challenge that's going on in, in your life, we can always, always, always trace it back to fear. Well, and when I complain about a person, I'm really showing that my fear won. Because what I'm saying is, well, I can't do that thing because that person is so mean and and so they're not going to let me do it, so I might as well not do it anyway. When you really expand the observation that so-and-so is a jerk, what you're really saying is I'm setting the stage for me to say I didn't want it anyway and that's okay and that's why I failed. That's what's really going on. Let me put that differently. Maybe that person is a jerk. Now, we don't believe in bad people, but we do know that... There's some, bad behavior. There's yeah. absolutely horrifying and sometimes behavior people, out there. Their rules, the game that they're playing is completely dysfunctional, and they've got a lot of growing to do. There are people that you don't have to be around. We love them. We forgive them. But we don't give them permission to be dysfunctional, abusive, and so on. But if I say, you know, so-and-so is a jerk, I'm not helping them be less of a jerk. In fact, I think you're giving them more permission to, con- yeah. to continue d- to that behavior because if you are a jerk, you're being a jerk so that you could get a rise out of people. They won. Yeah, they, yeah. exactly. They I won. voted for you to be more of a jerk. And once again, because we get what we see, if I see somebody as a villain in my life, as an adversary, my arch enemy, I am giving them the power to crush me. Right. And so psychologically, I'm giving myself permission to not try that hard or to not have a lot at stake, to not go through with it and so on. So I want to just go back to an imaginary scenario because I want people to walk away with, okay, what do I do in in moving forward in my life and moving forward in my dreams or or just you know, in your family or it does like, again, this doesn't have to be, you know, huge Mm -hmm. cosmic change in your life. It can just be, Hey, how does my life run more smooth? So I want to go back and talk about intention into action and then kind of cover these things. Cause we, we're we're kind of all over the road. So I just want to tie this up in a little bit. Well, well well, no. Yeah, exactly. Oh God. I just (laughs) got got that. I got you. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> See? See how frustrating? You did. You did. You got me. You totally got me. But I, I want to give people kind of a scenario to where if this if this happens and, and, and how to kind of walk through this path. So I have set I have set a plan and I'm and I'm moving forward in that plan. And then all of a sudden something comes up and something happens. So we now know that the reaction is, okay, I'm not going to complain about this. Although I can be frustrated or, or angry that, that it didn't happen. Feelings. And you're allowed to have those emotions and you're allowed to do it. But Just don't let them define you. Don't let them. That's exactly. The so work your best to kind of reconfigure what those intention, what that plan was and move into the next, the next action space. And if a person is really blocking that or is, you know, then let them go. Let let it move past them because there, there'll be other answers that are out there. There'll be other ways that you're going to be able to make this happen. And so I think it's it really is about flow. It's not so much about not feeling, but it is about what am I feeling and what, what do I do with these feelings? Right. Am I, am I kind of getting there? Uh Does it make sense? Yes. I'm not sure if I'm, if I'm saying (laughs) it right, but anyway, but I really do feel this. I feel this pattern in my life on a consistent basis. I, you know, I am a lot of places. I wear a tremendous amount of hats and Mm -hmm. they look very silly. You're like that guy in the Pirates of the Caribbean. I am. I am. And there's cats all around me. No, it's not that bad yet, but um, you keep me, you keep me fairly sane, but I do wear a lot of hats and there's a lot of things that, there's a lot of things that people expect of me. And so I keep on a very pretty regular schedule in order to get everything done that I feel like I need to get done. Now, this is not complaining that I'm too busy and I'm not going to compete on that busyness scale. That's not what I'm talking about. All of these things in my life I choose to do and all of these things in my life feel important to me at this Mm -hmm. time. 
sometimes things get more important than than others but you know we won't go we won't go into that right but I do feel this pattern in my life where there's there's interruptions there's roadblocks there's all of this and I gotta tell you it feels really good to go man that guy what a just a a-hole I mean you know I mean and it does it, it you 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 do because it's it's cathartic because you have to pull it back but but I think that if you really want to happen it's just like okay what can I do towards that today and that's the way I always always end the day if something comes up and blocks my way I'm like well I couldn't do everything in that in for that project but I can do a little something and then you close the book and you let it go and you open it back up tomorrow and I think that really is kind of the answer you can complain you can set the intention you can you can sit and and just hold the space and you can just be like well you know I'm gonna hold him in the light no I'm not gonna hold you in the light you need to do your job or I need to find somebody else. And I think that that's okay. And I think that you can be that kind of person and be loving while you're doing it. Because it comes from a place of love. Love is the power that says, you know what? We're going to do something now. We're going to do it in love, in peace, and on purpose like we always say. Stop stopping and just do a thing. time for the listen up segment of our podcast and this is where we answer the questions that you lovely people have sent into us. Dieter, do you have a question today? I do and actually this time the question came from Sunday morning. If you go to one of our services at Water and Stone, you know that there's a part of our service where I read or Jenny reads questions and I answer them because while I'm doing the lesson, we put a number up on the big screen and people can text their questions and Jenny reads a couple of them to me and I answer the questions right there on the spot. I don't know what people are going to say or anything like that. But on Easter, instead of the question and answer period, we had a special Easter Eucharist ceremony. And so that took the place of that answer period. But some folks texted in questions anyway, and that's awesome. But the thing about the questions is the way we have it set up, it's pretty anonymous. We don't know who is sending in the question. So I can't say who the question was from, except that it was somebody in the room with us on Easter morning during the service. And so anonymous. Anonymous. So thank you, Anonymous. I also like all the art you've donated to the galleries around town. <laughs> nice work. Um, but uh, thank you for sending in the question. It means a lot. There's a lot of ways you can send us questions Sunday morning, or you can find us on our website, waterandstonechurch.com, or through social media. There's a lot of ways to do it, but one way or another, we try to answer all the questions we get. This time around, here's the question. If God is perfect and humans are God, what does that mean? And there's a lot going on there. I mean, there are pieces that we say a lot. I mean, we probably said them earlier today. Read that again to Here, me. I'm reading you word for word. I didn't write okay. this. I'm just reading it. If God is perfect and humans are God, what does that mean? Okay. Well, there's a couple of theological things in there. Yeah, I'm I mean, sure I would say gonna, that differently. Uh, yeah, I, I, I know what they meant, but I, I wouldn't say... Um, humans are God. Right. So, so that's, yeah, let's, that's not, yeah, let's, let's break that down a little bit. I mean, we talk a lot about the idea that table stakes for us is God is spirit, perfect, holy, and harmonious. The idea that, that God is not a being who has qualities like God is not omnipotent, but rather God is omnipotence. God's not a guy in the sky who is powerful, but rather God is power itself, right? So the alpha and the omega, as the Bible says, we also say, as the Bible says, that we are made in the image and after the likeness of God. And we see that over and over again. The Bible is chock full of those references, the one I just gave, but also when Jesus says, our Father, when he says, the works I do, you shall do also. When he says, uh, they who have seen me have seen the Father, and on and on and on. Paul says, did you not know that ye are gods? Over and over again. So I understand where this person might have been coming from with the idea that, well, if God is perfect and I am in the image and likeness of God, what does that mean? And, and that's as far as we get in the question, but I'm going to read into that a little bit. The person might be saying, if God is perfect and I'm made out of that stuff, so to speak, how come 
you know, I didn't walk on water on the way here, or how come I still have problems in my life, or how come I have questions and concerns. I don't feel like hanging out with Moses on Mount Sinai. What's what's the deal? And I think you started with part of the part of the answer there, and that is to say, I wouldn't say you're God. No. In the same way, what what <laughs> the the example that I give a lot, and it's actually not a perfect example, but good enough for for the purposes of what we're doing. You are like a teacup out of the ocean. You're not the whole ocean, right? And that's a good way to start thinking about the difference. There's there's more than that because the ocean is more than the, to- the sum total of its parts. If the ocean is the divine, you know, there's more than just the physicality or the totality of it. But let's start there. You're not all there is to God. You have that image and likeness as the truth about you. The way that we break it down in our understanding is like a trinity. Remember in Sunday school, they had Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, or Father and Son and Holy Ghost, depending on where where you went. The idea is on those same three levels, there's the capital T truth about you, which is that image and likeness, that divine spark. But then there's how well you know it and how well you live from that place, what you say and do and think about it, your consciousness, so to speak. And then on the level of, of embodiment, of Holy Spirit, is what happens as a result. So there's the truth about you, how well you know it, and what happens as a result, your experience. And so on that sort of bottom level is things like your relationships, your checkbook, your well-being, and that kind of thing. Some people try to fix things by moving stuff around on that level, but at best what you got there is a Band-Aid. And you can't change the top part because that's capital T truth doesn't change, right? What you can change is how well you know it. So going back to it, yes, God is perfect. No, you're not God. That's not the same thing, but you are a child of God. You're the image and likeness. The truth about you is divine, is not just beautiful, but beauty itself. But you're not all there is to beauty. You know, when we talk about love, and I I know we've talked about it in some past episodes of the podcast. When we talk about love, think about love. I betcha when you think about love, you think about some examples of love, like a couple holding hands in the Mm -hmm. park or a kid playing with a puppy or, you know, the way you feel when, when, uh, you know, Isaac Hayes comes on the radio. There's a lot of things mm-hmm. going on, right? Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye, let's, Isaac let's, Hayes. On, I was going to go with Barry White. You know, whatever <laughs> works for you. But these, these, none of those are inappropriate examples of love. But none of them are all of what love is. Those are pointing responses. Here's an example of love happening, but that's not all there is to love. Love is exemplified, actualized, poured out into that one moment. A lot of things are like that. Well, guess what? You are like that. You are an example of God happening. In the same way that Barry White is an example of love happening, if you will. That's how this works. Your job is to be the best example you can be. That's what they who have seen me have seen the Father mean. Your job is to try your best to be as close to that example, as close to that potential as you can be. And that means be as loving as you can, be as strong as you can, be as wise as you can, be as imaginative. Find an example of that. What what are the qualities of the divine? What does God have going on? And try and model that in some way or another in your life. This is like, what would Jesus do? But let's amp it a little bit. How would Jesus be? Ooh, I like that. What we're calling for is for you to stop identifying with the problem and start identifying with the solution. You know, the, the example that I use a lot is Albert Einstein uh, figured out the theory of relativity in part by imagining, okay, if I was in an elevator going at the speed of light, what would that feel like? What would I see? How would that work? In other words, can I be the solution? identify with the solution. And we live in a world where a lot of people spend a lot of time identifying with the problem, but that doesn't make the problem go away. If anything, it makes it stronger because you're giving it your strength. What would the solution be like? And identify with that. So if God is perfect and we're God, what does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. 
It means your job is to be as close to what your potential is as you can be. And here's the catch. God is infinite and you're not. All you have is this moment, this right now. And because God is infinite, you're never going to get to the finish line. But that's the, jo the joy of it. Stop thinking in terms of finish lines and start thinking in terms of a journey that never ends. And there's beauty and honor and truth in the process. It's time to check it out. And this is the part where we tell you how you can get in touch with us, where you can find us and what we're up to and how you can join us in the things that we're up to. Absolutely. And the best way, or one of the best ways, there's two really best ways. So the first best way um, to, to find out what we're, what we're up to, and you can get maps and information and directions and all kinds of details and other ways to get a hold of us is by going to our website, waterandstonechurch.com. If you go to waterandstonechurch.com, you can find all kinds of information. There's a calendar. There's all kinds of ways to get in touch with us. At the bottom of every single page of the website are links to all of our social media profiles. There's a link to donate to the church. There's a link to contact. There's an incredible blog that I'm really, really proud of. Uh, there's all kinds of things going on. So check out the website, waterandstonechurch.com, for more details about everything that we're doing. I do want to mention a couple of times during the week where you can join us in person mm -hmm. and come and talk with us, be with us, sit with us, all that kind of stuff. The first time during the week is Wednesday mornings, 720 at North Shore Park. And that is at St. Pete. And come find us. Like I said, we walk for a little while. It's our sunrise walk. We walk along the water. The Blues Fest was going on today, so we kind of had to skirt a little bit differently. We weren't exactly along the water, but you can still see the water. Mm -hmm. But it'll be about an hour from about 7.20 to about 8.20. We walk a little bit. We get some coffee. We walk on the way back. It's a very, very lovely way to just get over that Wednesday, get over that hump day. It's so nice to be able to just be out. And the, the mornings are still super cool. Um, it's, it's always just, nice. It's Even just in the beautiful. Even, yeah, summer, I was gonna say, I, it's as so I was saying, it, by the water. it's it's really nice. The second time, the second time during the week that you can find us is Sundays at sunsets, mm -hmm. and we meet about a half hour to forty minutes before the sunsets on Saint Pete Beach. And there's maps and everything on the website. Absolutely, and. You just can come and and watch the water, listen to the seagulls, and, and just watch that sunset. It's a lovely way to put one week to bed and, and get ready to start an, another. And, you know, it's it's a good time to set those intentions and then... Hold that you, space. You, and hold that space. No, <laughs> no, no, no. We just talked about that. And, and prepare to move into the action of the week. And I, I really do love that. It helps me. And you know when it helps me the most is when I think, oh man, I don't want to go out tonight. There's a show on and I'm really comfy and, <laughs> and we've, I've already been to church today. But I have to tell you, this is different. And anytime you get an opportunity to go out and just be in nature, just feel the water, just feel the sand and just listen it's absolutely amazing. Right. And it's so, not even like a structured service. No, it's it's not. not like anything. It's just a matter of us being together. And it's also an excellent time if you want to bring somebody new around or get to know us outside of the formal, okay, now they're going to sing a song. Now the guy's going to talk kind of an environment. It's just a bunch of people being in the same place together and giving thanks for another day. It's a great thing. And once again, there's maps and directions on the website for the Sunrise Walk and the Sunset Celebration. I do want to let you know that if you're going to be there for the Sunrise Walk, please drop us a line. There's a lot of ways to contact us, but the park is a big place. And sometimes there's events in the park and we have to walk a little bit different route, that kind of thing. Let us know because we'd love to make sure that we're there the same time you are. I want to mention our YouTube channel. 
Man, if you have not been there to <laughs> I'm see, I'm so proud of it. I really am too. Yeah. It is. We have cultivated our YouTube channel. It really is the best of the best. You can find so many things there. You can find series about prayer. You can find a series about the beatitude. You can find a series about what we're all about at Water and Stone. Our Sunday services are up our there Sunday and- services are on there. And if you want to learn how to cook some really awesome <laughs> vegetarian slash vegan food, head over to the This Day playlist and you'll be able to find that too. It just is such an amazing place to find all kinds of information. Check it out. Please do subscribe because that helps us. Like our videos, that helps us. It's amazing when you guys go over there. We're almost we're almost to the next level on YouTube, and I'm so excited because we're we're almost to the next level of subscribers and it it would do us so so much good if you guys would just click over there, subscribe and like a couple of those videos. And you can find that by finding Water and Stone Church on YouTube or just go to our website waterandstonechurch.com, scroll to the bottom, there's a link to YouTube. You can click there and hit the subscribe button or at the top of the page at waterandstonechurch.com, there's a link that says watch. And if you click on watch, it talks about all of the many programs we have going on. And there's easy ways to click through and watch the shows and subscribe and all that kind of good stuff. We make it as easy as we can because we're really excited about the YouTube channel. I do want to mention our most current service project. You know, um, service is at the heart of Water and Stone. And we really do a lot with our community. Um, we have a, a current Ronald McDonald. We're going in to cook for some of the families that are staying at Ronald McDonald House. And that's a little bit of a smaller event. But I want to tell you about um, our second time this year that we're going to be doing a beach cleanup because everybody was just so wonderful and they were so excited about being able to do that. So we are getting together on May 11th. That's a Friday evening from 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. And we know that it's going to be a little warmer out during the morning time. So we wanted to sort of focus it towards the evening. Well, and that makes more sense because more people will have had a time had time to leave garbage. So. Right, exactly. <laughs> we'll be meeting at shelter number nine. We, re- we have reserved that space for all day. And we'll be picking up some trash. And we'll also be having a really nice little kind of a cookout. Just our church family. Um, and so I really, really encourage you to come and check it out pick up some trash do some good for our planet come have a veggie burger with us and some really nice fellowship i'm looking forward to once again it is may 11th from 3 p.m to 8 p.m fort DeSoto park um shelter number nine and and i know some people work and they can't be there right at three o'clock that's quite all right we'll be there the whole time but come when you can come we're going to be there from three to eight and you know how it works I also want to let you know that the center of our week is our Sunday morning service. And that's every Sunday at 11 a.m. at Harbor Hall. That's at USF St. Pete Harbor Hall. And the street address is 1000 Third Street South. There's maps and all that kind of good stuff on our website. Every Sunday we have an amazing service. We have time for fellowship. We have something that's going to change something about the way that you live. Right here and right now. You gotta be there with us on Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock. Finally, I wanna let you know about the second best way that you can stay in touch with us. You know, obviously the first one is our website, but this is our messaging system, our text messaging system. And what you'll wanna do is just text I am ready, all one word, I A M R E A D Y to 84576 and what that does is that means that you'll be getting a couple of text messages for from us each week just to let you know what we're doing what's up you know little reminders hey we're going to be cleaning up the beach tomorrow hope you can join us that kind of stuff I know that I need them during the week and we don't bombard your phone but it has been a really really nice reminder that's the best way to stay in the loop of everything that we're doing. And again, that is I am ready, all one word, to 84576. Peter, it's time to wrap it up. Okay, I want you to imagine that you and I are playing catch. And I throw the ball, and you throw the ball back to me. It's not complicated. Now, you can complicate that all you want, 
you can study about the physics of the ball and about how gravity and wind pressure interact with that. You can study the physiology of your arm and eye-hand coordination, and, and you can go as far as you want. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really help you all that much. As I throw the ball to you, you can start thinking, well, I wonder what I should do about it and how should that go? But you're probably going to get conked in the head with the ball because you were so busy thinking about it. A lot of people live their lives that way. At the end of the day, it doesn't have to be complicated. I throw you the ball and you throw it right back to me. There's a part of you that instinctively knows how to catch and knows how to throw. You don't have to be a master of all of this stuff. You don't have to know very much about it at all. Just throw the ball. You don't have to know how every moment of your life goes. You don't have to know how it's going to go. That's God's job. And to the degree that we stop trying to know God's business, we let God be in charge. Just throw the ball. Just do a thing. When you're still enough and you're quiet enough, God will give you something to do. Something small. Get that phone number. Apply for that job. Speak up about something that hurts. Go clean something, do a thing, and you will be surprised to know that you are at the beginning of an infinite journey. Do a thing. That's all. This podcast is recorded at Pinfeather Studios on the comfy orange couch. And the head honcho of Pinfeather is the handsome and strong Raina Randolph. She edits these podcasts and makes them possible for us, and she is one half of the music that you hear. The other half is the lovely and talented Miles Randolph. Miles and Raina and some other amazing folks are part of our band on Sunday mornings, and they are part of everything that we do. This podcast is solely supported by you. And by golly, you know what that means. It means a few things. There's a number of things that you can do to help us keep the lights on and and keep these podcasts and everything else we do coming to you. Now, of course, there's a link on our website where you can donate and all of that, but, but truthfully, That's only one thing. What we're really interested in you doing is share. Share this podcast with other people. It only takes a minute to find one of those links where you can tweet or like it on Facebook or or print it out and put it on the bulletin board. Do something to let somebody else know. If you've listened to the podcast up to this point, then it's made some kind of a difference in your life. It can do the same for somebody else. Another thing you can do is write us a good review. Go to wherever you're listening to this podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever it is, and write us a five-star review. Now, it's got to be five stars because that's what tells the powers that be that this podcast is worth sharing with an even larger audience. It only takes you a minute, but it makes a huge difference for us. And finally, what we really want you to do is get involved. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Show up for us on a sunrise walk or a sunset celebration. And by all means, be there with us on a Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. It's going to change your life.